Good morning, Communitas. Good to see you guys this morning, and uh, thank you for joining us on the live stream. Um, just a couple quick reminders that we kind of remind you guys all every week, but we all always want to keep you guys in the loop, and especially if we have new viewers, and uh, we welcome you. Um, but we will participating in communion a little later, and so um, typically we have juice and crackers here at at uh, church, um, but if you're at home and you don't have those things, just get creative and find something, and so you can partake, participate with us in that. Um, another part of our worship morning is giving, and of course we won't be passing plates, but there are baskets here up on the speakers that um, you can give those donations during the service or after the service or during communion, or you can always give online at communitaschurch.com or uh, mail in checks to 824 Laurel Street, Brainerd, Minnesota, 56401. Um, also, there are certainly many ways to get involved. And even if you're at home and um, streaming, there are different tasks, like administrative things um, that we can get you plugged in with, or um, opportunities here at the church building, and uh, whether that's um, helping out with a kids' service that we now have again during our service while Mike preaches, um, or technical stuff on computers, or um, music, or all sorts of different ways to get involved. And if that is something that you're just even slightly considering, and you just got maybe more questions or you want more training, uh, please let us know. Grab one of us, one of the leaders, or you can always email um, Pastor Mike Gary at mike.gary at communitaschurch.com. We'd love to get you plugged in with that. With that, we're going to move on here and continue to worship in music. And um, I'm just going to pray, and uh, we'll get back to singing. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for how good you are. I thank you that um, you are with us no matter where we're coming in from this morning, whether we're, we're tired and weary or... Um, burdened by things, or maybe we're coming in with just um, just feeling just incredibly blessed this morning, and just um, maybe you've done just some awesome things in our lives, this, things to celebrate, and uh, help us just remind us that you are always a reason to celebrate, um, no matter where we're at this morning, and that you love us, and that you have done um, an incredible thing for us, for dying on the cross for us. And uh, um, you are so good. And help help um, as we move through this service this morning that you would change our hearts and help us fall more in love with you and help us be a people group that loves well in this community and beyond this community. Um, in your beautiful name, amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all here. And hello, everybody online. Um, we're going to start our time together this morning um, by reading from Psalm 145 as we just fix our attention on the Spirit of God and let all else kind of fade away for a while. This is, this is a, a sacred time. And uh, I'm going to read to you and then we will sing. And you can stand if you're in the room and you would like to stand. <clears throat> so Psalm 145, excuse me. I will lift my praise above everything to you, my God and my King. I will continually bless your name forever and always, and my praise will never cease. I will praise you every day, and I will lift up your name forever. The Eternal is great and deserves endless praise. His greatness knows no limit. 
recognizes no boundary. No one can measure or comprehend his magnificence. The Lord is gracious. He shows mercy to his people. For him, anger does not come easily, but faithful love does, and it is rich and it is abundant. The Lord's goodness is not exclusive. It is offered freely to all. His mercy extends to all his creation. The Lord sustains all who stumble on their way. Isn't that good news? <laughs> um, for those who are broken down, God is near. He raises them up in hope. All eyes have turned towards you, Lord, waiting in expectation. When they are hungry, you feed them right on time. And the desires of every living thing are met by your open hand. Lord, you are right in all of your ways, and you are kind in all of your acts. The eternal stays close to those who call on him, those who pray sincerely. And all of you who revere him, God will satisfy your desires. He hears the cries for help, and he brings salvation. So, this morning, our lips will sing the praise of the eternal God, our Lord. Let every creature join me and praise the holy name of God forever and always. Let's stand. Amen. If you are in the building, feel free to have a seat. If you are watching on the live stream, greetings, hello. You feel free to uh, yeah, do, do whatever you're doing, I guess. And uh, that's, that's up to you. Man, thank you, Kelly. And just a great, great image of, of how we the invitation that we have to end and begin each day, and just a good reminder of what we've been going through in the book of Numbers as far as centering every single day around the hope and the glory and the goodness and the grandeur and the grace of God, both practically today here, but then also just in light of what we read at the end of Scripture and in Revelation of just an eternity of praising God and acknowledging His worth. And that's what we're doing this morning, right? So we, you know, we express our worship in a number of different ways, right? So we, just by gathering, coming here, being together, being with one another is in itself a way that we, we express this and we partake and participate in this truth, this thing that is happening, this eternal praise of God. So by singing, this is the way that we, we physiologically come together as people, right? It gets us thinking, breathing, moving in the same way, both here in the building and online. And so we join and we participate with the church throughout the world in this worship and this praise of God. Another way that we've expressed this is through the, through the giving of tithes and offerings. Nick went over that. Um, you can give online. You can mail checks here to 824 Laurel Street. And just a way of stewarding and saying, Lord, we, we, we've been given and, and we steward as a result of, of your acceptance, not to gain acceptance, right? Because God, as we read, is not a God that can be bought, right? He, he's got everything that he needs, and he invites us into this acceptance. In a little bit, we'll, we'll partake in, in the preaching and the proclamation of, of the word. Now, before we do that, we're going to take a time for communion. And so communion is a, is a sacred meal that we celebrate as Christians have celebrated since Jesus said, hey, do this in remembrance of me. And what we do is we remember what's been going on. We're informed by what's happened in the past. God's great deliverance of people, his people from Egypt into the promised land. We'll, we'll read a little bit about in Numbers today. But it also informs our reality that we have been called out of death and 
invited into life in Christ as a way to portray the image that he is, he's given us that we see throughout Scripture and that we, that we will come to know in eternity. The Lord seated on his throne in his rightful place his children walking in unity and communion with one another. And so when we partake in this meal, we, we bring that reality into physical fruition. So by partaking in this meal, we are reminding ourselves and others and the world around us that we serve a different kind of king and we're bringing about a different kind of kingdom. And so... We celebrate here what's called open communion, which means that you don't need to be a member of Communitas Church to partake in communion. We just ask that you would be a repentant follower of Jesus. And so if you are a repentant follower of Jesus, then you are invited and encouraged to come to the table. If you're at home, feel free to, if you haven't already, go and grab uh, some communion elements. That's either a, uh, typically it's, it's some sort of juice and some sort of bread, uh, but really any kind of liquid and any kind of solid, uh, we've seen that done. And, and it's, it's less about um, elements and more about what it, what it communicates and this, this, this unity and this invitation to walk with the Lord. So we're going to take a few moments, Kelly's going to continue to play, and we're going to reflect on a few, a few questions. And those are, who is God the Father, and what has he done? And who is God the Son, and, and how did Jesus live his life, and how does that inform and inspire the way that I live my life, and the way that we live our lives here together as the church? And then who is God the Holy Spirit, and what is God the Holy Spirit trying to do in and through us, both individually and collectively? We're hoping that in this time that he would convict us of our sin, right? None of us have made it yet, right? I'm, I'm not alone in that. I'm not the only one in here that, that continues to sin. Okay, good. Just want to make sure that I wasn't alone. I feel assured. We're going to ask that he's going to confirm in us the things that we're doing that are good, that we would continue to do those. And we're going to ask that, that he would also bring specific names and faces and times and places because each of us have been set in, in particular circles and we have particular ways of influencing those around us, right? There are people that I know that you don't know that, that the Lord has given me to help them navigate their atonement. And th- the Lord has put people in your lives that I don't know that he's given you to help them navigate their atonement. And so we're going to ask that the Lord would give us these specific names and faces and times and places that we would better convey his good news to the world around us. And if you're in here and you're like, man, I, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea who this Jesus guy is. I'm glad that you're here. These are a good people that you can explore these questions with. And I would, I would invite you to ask these same questions. Of who is God the Father and what has he done? And who is God the Son? And how did Jesus live his life? And how does that inform and inspire the way that I live my life? And then who is God the Holy Spirit? And what is he trying to do in and through me? Because I would reckon to guess that if you are listening to the sound of my voice, that the Lord is trying to do something to you. He's inviting you into life and life with him. And so who are some of the specific names and faces and times and places where he's inviting you to convey this gospel message, this kingdom message? And so we're going to take some time to, uh, to reflect on that, to listen to what the Lord is saying.
and, uh, and kids, it's always great to, to see you. Glad that you're here with us. And, and you, can, you can join us with this. The Lord speaks to tall people and to short people. He speaks to very old people and he speaks to very young people. And so he, he can speak to you as well. And I know some people go, man, what if the kids make noise? Oh, yeah, like, kids, do you make noise sometimes? Do, you, do your parents make noise sometimes? Yeah, okay. So we accept that just people make noise sometimes. Yeah, and we're not going to give anybody the stink eye if they make noise, right? Okay? Yeah, and that, at home too, right? So like no, nobody's given, parents don't give, you know, kids don't give your stink eye to the parents if they start making noise during this time. So we're going to take some time. We're going to listen. And then as you're ready, come on forward, grab the elements, bring them back to your seat. We've got them out to the left and to the right and in the back as well. Grab the elements. And then uh, um, there's a, a, a cracker and some juice all in, in, there's two cups stacked on top of one another. The bread is on the bottom. The juice is on the top. I'll read some words from scripture and then we'll all partake of the meal together. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done and what you're continuing to do in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son to show us what it is to, to bring your kingdom, to live out of the reality that you alone are God, that you alone are good, that you alone can give grace, can forgive sins, can heal souls, and can redeem people. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd continue to speak to us, continue to work in and through us. Convict us of our sin. We know that we have fallen short. Lord, help us to admit that. To bring our woundedness to you, not to hide it. To love, to not be apathetic. Lord, continue to encourage us to do the things that we're doing that are good and bring us specific names and faces and times and places where you've put us that we would convey your gospel to the world around us. It's the last time that Jesus was together with his friends, they celebrated this meal. And so just kind of imagine for yourself, if you will, you've been hiking with somebody for the better part of three years. This person has completely transformed your life. You went from having really no understanding of any kind of worth or meaning, and then all of a sudden uh, you feel empowered to go to the ends of the earth for this person. And they say, uh, I'm going to die soon. This is the last time that we're going to be together. Just feel that for a moment. I think that'd be pretty heavy. He's also revealing that this isn't going to be the last time that I'm inviting you into a new way of being and I'm going to be with you always. And so as they're there and they're gathered together, he's, he takes the bread, he breaks it, gives thanks and says to them, take and eat, this is my body. And knowing that that body would break, but that body would one day rise again knowing that that blood would pour out, that that would atone and bring forgiveness of sins. He says, drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
Lord, we thank you for this covenant, for this good news, for this meal, for this way of life that you've invited us into. Lord, we pray that we would accept this, that this would inform who we are, and that this would move us to love those around us, that this would move us to talk to others about who you are, to continue to learn about who you are, and to to share this with the world around us. Amen. Okay, uh, your cups on the way out, there's some blue bins. Feel free to pitch these cups in there on your way out. And at this time, uh, we've got Miss Julie Orr is going to come up and read the scripture for us. So we are in Numbers. We've been going through the Torah. Uh, that's the first five books of the Old Testament, the first five books of the Bible. Um, we've been going through that since January. We're going to be in that until uh, the end of November. And right now we're in the book of Numbers, and we're, we're going to cover the last ten chapters of Numbers. Um, I will have you out of here by lunch. Uh, so the task is going to be is, uh, is, is pretty big. So we've got a short reading this morning, unusually short for 10 chapters. Uh, we'll be in, so we're going to look at Numbers 26 through 36. So the last 10 chapters of the book, this is uh, the people have been in the desert for 40 years, and this is kind of the final preparation as they're, they're getting ready uh, to enter the promised land. And so we're going to look at Numbers 26, verse 65, and if you've got a paper Bible, feel free to pull that out. If you have a mobile device and you want to follow along on that, that is fine. If you're in the room and neither of those options are available to you, the words will be displayed on the screen behind us. So we'll be in Numbers 26, uh, verse 65, Numbers 27, verse 16 and 17, and then Numbers 30, verse 2. So Julie, whenever you are ready. For the Lord hath said to them... They shall die in the wilderness. Not one of them was left except Caleb and the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. If a man vows a vow to the Lord, or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Amen. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Lord, for your word, the way that it has been preserved, that we're able to gather together and to read it. Lord, we pray for your church around the world, where this is not necessarily the case, that what we're doing right now is illegal and would cost people uh, prison time, would cost them their life. Lord, we pray that we would continue to intercede on behalf of that church. And we pray for the church around the world where, where people don't get to read it in all the languages that, that we have, that don't have all the, the access to the materials that we do. Lord, we pray that we would steward what you've given us and use that for your glory. Amen. Okay. Kids, at this time, if you are interested, you can head on out this door over here. And we've got a few things planned for you out this way uh, with Miss Rachel and Miss Julie. And so we thank you for these kids. We thank you for the work that you're doing in and through them. And we pray, Lord, that uh, we would be good examples of what it is to follow you. That they would continue to grow in likeness of your image. Their minds would be transformed and their hearts would be softened toward you. Amen.
Anybody ever moved before? <laughs> Why is it that when you move, like 95% of the work takes only half the time? Like, why is it that you get like 95% of the truckload and you're like, oh, sweet, we'll be done in like 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes drags on for the rest of the day. Like you can, ne- there's always that one more thing where you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We've got to like pack toilet paper or like, oh, where does this one thing go? And you're like shoving things in and whatever else. And there's always those last minute details. And those last minute details, that last 5% always takes 50% of the time. Anybody else have that experience? Or everyone else is just like, no, we just go. <laughs> Leave the last five behind. Probably the smart way to go. That's what's going on here, right? So we're, we're entering in. So we've, we've spent the last, you know, since January going through the Torah. And so the, and the people of Israel have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. And it's only taken us a couple chapters, and it's only been for us a few weeks. But for them, it's been 40 years. And so this is kind of the last-minute preparation. So the last 10 chapters of Numbers is this review, Right? So most of the people that were unfaithful and didn't believe and, and didn't want to enter the promised land, who were scared to go in, and, and so we're waiting for them to, to die off. And so most of them have died off. And, and we're coming into this moment where, I mean, they, they can see it, right? Like, if you've ever gone on a vacation where, where all of a sudden, like, you get into the place and you're like, oh, I, I know that we're close, right? Maybe you've seen a sign or maybe there's, you know, people or there's something that kind of is this telltale sign. The people are seeing that. Like, man, we are close. And now we've got all these last-minute little things that we've got to attend to. Some are big and some are little, but they need our attention. And so what I want to do is you're going, 10 chapters? Like, really? You've got, like, 20 minutes to wrap this up. So what I want to do is I want to give really quick, kind of brief, bird's eye view overview of, of what's going on in these 10 chapters. And then any Sherlock Holmes fans in the room? Anybody ever, you know, watch the movie? Okay, so one of the things that, that Sherlock Holmes is good about is, is noticing what's there and then also notices what isn't there, right? And looking at what isn't there. And a lot of times in our Western thinking, we, we read literature and we, we look at, at parts of the Bible and we, we focus on what is there, and, and we forget to look at what isn't there. And sometimes what isn't there or what isn't explicitly stated is actually what's most important, is actually what's going to stick out the most to the original readers. And that's what's important for us to see as we're reading the scriptures. So Numbers 26, it's a, it's a census. There's a reason I didn't have Julie read all these names, not just because they're tricky to pronounce, but it's not all that entertaining. We look at it and we go, what's so important about the census? What's so important about the census? Like, what do these names mean? Is there something magical about these names? Well, what's important about these names is it's, it's the Lord's, he's, he's counting them. He's saying, hey, these are my people. And so when else has he said that? During times of covenant, during times of witness. And so he's reminding the people, you're mine. Remember, we talked about how we begin with acceptance and then we move to obedience. We don't obey that we would be accepted. This is the Lord reminding the people, I've accepted you. You're mine. You're a son. You're a daughter. Come along. And so we begin with acceptance. And then there's a story about the, these daughters of a guy named Zalopahad. Um, Probably mispronounced it. And, and it's this really interesting what-if scenario. It's that, like, well, what if this happens on the road trip? Are we prepared for this? I better make sure that I pack that fifth suitcase. 
and they're getting ready to go into the promised land, and then these five daughters, and they come up, and they're like, hey, um, we know that land's really important. Cause, and, and, and I know that sometimes, you know, when, when you, we read Scripture, we're like, man, why is the land so important? They don't have Super One. They don't have Costco. They don't have Cub Foods. They don't have Walmart. They don't have Target. They needed the land to survive, and so the, the land was super important. And so these five women come up, and they're like, hey, um, we're going to lose the land, and, and there's, there's no way for us to be taken care of. And, and so Moses and the, and the Lord have a little conversation, like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to provide for you. We're going we're gonna to make a way for you to survive. And so then the flip side, so we have caring for the poor, and then, and then the very next part, Moses and the Lord is like, yep, okay, this is, this is your swan song, man. You're about to head on out, so we're going to appoint a leader. Now, so I, I would just love to be like at this conversation where they're going, okay, who's going to, like, how do you follow Moses? Right, like the guy is, he's led a few million people out of Egypt. I mean, just leaves the global world superpower and brings them out through the desert. I mean, walks them through the, 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 the sea and, and, you know, provides the food. I mean, like, how do you follow that? Like, that's a tough act to follow, right? And so you think, well, maybe it's going to be that guy that we read about last week, right? Like, um, you know, Phineas, he gets all like worked up and some people are disobeying the Lord and he goes, gets him with the spear. Like, that's a guy, I mean, he's got some zeal and some power. He's an easy guy to follow. Then we read the Lord's qualifications, what the Lord's looking at. It says, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be sheep that have no shepherd. Read this again. Let the Lord, the God of all spirits of all flesh, Appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So he's talking about character. He's using shepherd imagery here. In the ancient Near East, was it cool to be a shepherd? No. Right, so like when the in in the story around Christmas time, when we read that, that the Lord comes in the shepherds see, I mean, this is like these this is like you don't get much lower on the socioeconomic, so like like political and like coolness factor. These guys like their social media presence, like they don't even have Instagram, right? I mean, it's like like I can't like we there's like we don't have the social construct to understand like how unimportant the shepherd was, like. They were forgotten about by society. They were left to go out into the wilderness. And, and it was like, man, like, don't even come to town. Right? I mean, it was just like weird folks. They were on the outside. And the Lord is saying, this is the type of person that will lead my people. Right? So all they've known is, is, is the great kings, right? Kings of empire. Kings who crush. Kings who compete. He says, no, we're going we're to look to the outskirts. I'm going to bring a shepherd. And so this makes sense to these people because they've been wandering out in the wilderness like sheep. And they're like, yeah, shepherd sounds like a pretty good idea, right? And what have, what have, we been, what have they been getting trained for for the last 40 years in numbers, right? To listen to the voice of the shepherd. And so they're, they're beginning to ditch 
the kingdom of empire and embrace the kingdom of God. They're learning to hear the shepherd's voice and they're going, oh yeah, we need a new kind of king because we're participating in a new kind of kingdom. We didn't really like the way that old king worked. He worked us down to the bone. This kingdom reads differently. And so we see a, a different kind of kingdom is going to need a different kind of leader. And then he reminds us of the daily offerings. Chapters 28 and 29, he's just going to go through these various offerings. Does anyone remember we were talking about Leviticus? I know that's everyone's favorite book of the Bible. But we were going through the, the offerings. And what were the meals for? Why do we celebrate the meals? What did the meals do? It helped us to navigate atonement, right? It helped us to remember who we were. And, and so we'd celebrate these, these huge meals, and there'd be these feasts. And who all came to the big feasts? Everybody came to the big feasts. Like, the, pe- the rich people, the poor people, the big people, the small people, the powerful people, the people that had no power at all. And what did they do? They all ate together. Did they eat? Did like, we separate out? No, big, long, like there weren't even tables. You just like mix together and you're all gathering together as this great picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. So that every year you'd have this constant reminder of like, oh yeah, remember last year's big festival? When we all got together and nobody starved and nobody was left on the outside and we were all cared for and we were all on the same plane before the Lord. Oh, and in case you forgot, there was supposed to be a weekly reminder every single week. That was the Sabbath, right? You took that time to allow the Lord to reclaim your time and to inform who you are. Then we get vows. And we can look at this and we can, we can break down and it's like, okay, well, men's vows, women's vows, what's the difference? Vows are important. Words are important. Truth is important. To listen to truth, to speak truth is important. And then we read chapter 31, Vengeance in Midian, and we can go, okay, like, and, and, and there's, there's all kinds of ways we can take this. And we can start to think about, oh, like, what are we supposed to do about violence, about war, and about vengeance? It's, it's not about vengeance. It's about the sovereignty of God. That his plan will not be thwarted. And we see Reuben and Gad. And they're, they're on their way to the promised land. They're, they're fighting this battle. And then the, this, there's two tribes, Reuben and Gad. And they're like, hey, uh, we're... We're getting pretty good at this shepherd thing. We got lots of flocks, and you know, we, we think that um, green pastures are better than not green pastures, and this is good pasture land. We'd like to stay here. And Moses is like, So you're just going to leave us? Like, we're trying to get some work done, and you're just going to leave the people of God alone? And like, No, 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 like, we'll, we'll come with you. We're going to fight, but when it's all done, like, we want to come back to here. And it's to help us to remember that the people and the mission and the kingdom of God are paramount, are primary, are most important. And so often it's easy to get, to get sidetracked and to think, oh, I need to build, like, I got I to gotta look out for my own. I got to look out for this thing. I got to preserve, you know, my house, my job, my relation. You know, it's this before the kingdom of God. It's so easy to put our needs before the kingdom of God. And the story reminds us that, that no, we, we put the kingdom of God first. And then chapter 33, we recount Israel's journey to help us to remember the faithfulness of God, right? So the king, remember the kids are singing the song about don't forget to remember. Remember who the Lord is. 
chapter 34, the boundaries of the land. Um, when, did the, when did the Israelites fully inhabit these boundaries? Does anybody know? And, and for how long? It's not for a while and it's not for long. But the reason that these boundaries exist is it inspires hope. It gives people, it reminds Israel this promise, right? So, I mean, throughout, his, there's like, like David and Solomon, they kind of, like, the kingdom grows throughout them, and then after that it just falls apart. And we spend most of the rest of the Old Testament being like, oh yeah, remember? Like, the Lord said he was going to do this. And so this, this land brings hope, right? Because I mean, how many of you, like, does anybody else have a, like a, a place that's just kind of sacred where you can go and it's like there's positive memories there? Stuff kind of makes sense. Maybe it's a, a friend's house. Maybe it's a place where you're on a vacation. Maybe it's your parents' house or some kind of... But, but a lot of us, we're rooted to land. We're rooted to physical places. We need these physical reminders. And even if you can't go there, there's still that memory of hope. And so the Lord gives us this land as a way to help the people to remember there's hope. Redemption will come. This land has been promised. And then he, chapter 35, he talks about, uh, the, he makes 48 cities for the Levites. 48 cities for all these people that are going to help the people navigate atonement. And he's given them cities of refuge. And these cities of refuge, they help us to remember that, that things are going to fall apart once in a while. Right? And so what would happen was these people, would, they, they would commit murder or they'd commit manslaughter on accident and they needed a place to go. And so they were like, where better to go? into the city of the Levites. And so six of the cities, so one-eighth of the cities were set aside as a way to help us to remember that we're to be ministers to those who are lost, to those who are hurting, that we're to administer justice and to help people understand forgiveness. Because, I mean, imagine if you'd accidentally taken the life of someone that you knew. Would that not mess with your brain a little bit? Would that not hurt your heart a little bit? Would that not unsettle your soul a little bit? Might it be helpful to have someone who could help you navigate your atonement, understand forgiveness? And then it closes out in the same way it starts. The daughters are like, oh, we got a couple questions about how this is all going to go down. And so it's less about land rights and it's more about the reminder of what? Property and progeny. Does anyone remember that? The promises of Abraham. Abraham promises, or the Lord promises to Abraham, I'm going to give you property and progeny. I'm going to give you land and blessing. I'm going to give you people and property. And so we see that the Lord has not forgive, forgotten this. The Lord has not given up on his people. He has not said, hey, though I've, I've told you and I've given you all these promises and you've continued to walk away, I've not forgotten I'm going to bring these through to fruition. Why does he do this? Why, do, why is it important to go through and, and to summarize this? Well, because these people are, it's not a unique people. They're people just like us. Anybody else forget to remember? Anybody else try to do it your own way? Like they're constantly going like, oh yeah, Lord, I know you told me this, like this really good way to live and you, you demonstrated it for me and you've made it available to me. I just forgot. I was just going to try this other thing. Anybody else? Like that's, that's usually like where my, where my life starts to fall apart. It's like, I, yeah, God, that was a really good idea, but I, I'm going to go try this thing over here. I got this other good idea. I know you're good. At, like you got a good idea. I'm going to go over this good idea. And then what happens? That's not a really good idea. And I need to remember these things. Like I've been accepted. I'm a son. I need to remember 
these things like to follow character and not my passions. You need to remember that words are important, that the Lord's purposes will not be thwarted, that the kingdom is first, that, that the people of God are primary, and that everything that I do needs to be a conduit for the glory of God. I need to remember to take time to remember who the Lord is and what he's done. And so what is it that we need to see? What is it? I mean, if you're going to take all these, I know that I kind of just did this really quick bird's eye view, didn't do justice to any of the 10 chapters. But if you're going to look at that, what's, what's, what's it that we need to see? That the kingdom of God is a kingdom like no other because Yahweh is a king like no other. It's, it's shepherd language that he uses here. It's not king language. So that the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be sheep that have no shepherd. I mean, how many of us, that's us. Like, when we're honest, like we, like we've got to get to the point where, where we realize that we need someone to lead us who goes out before us, who comes in before us, that we are sheep without a shepherd if we do not follow the good shepherd. How many of us, when we think of, if you've spent any time in church, um, you may have got these images of, of a shepherd. And, and how many of you, when you think of shepherd, I've got this picture. This is what I think of shepherd. I see, I'm like, oh yeah. Like here's this dude in Scotland, you know, shepherd, sheep, a lot of green Right? So I'm like, oh yeah, like that's, you know, there's me, little sheep over there, like munching on green grass, munch, 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 munch. And it seems all peaceful and tranquil and serene. And I'm like, yeah, Lord, that's cool. Like you bring me out to this grand buffet. Does anyone know the problem with that? The Lord's not in Scotland, the Lord's in modern day Palestine. So let's, this is what. That's the land through which he's leading the people. These are the green pastures that he's bringing the people beside. There's that green in the background. Like, they might get there. But he's got to go through all those other mountains on the way. And so this shepherd here knows where to bring the sheep that they would get green pasture. This is the image of the shepherd that we need to have. This is the image of the leader that we need to follow. This is the image of the people that we need to become. Those that can lead others through the desert, who can help others understand the way of the Lord, who can speak words of truth, who can help them to understand their atonement, that they've been forgiven and there's nothing that they can do that would make the Lord say, I want to forget about you and there's nothing they can do that. They can make the Lord say, oh, I love you all the more, right? This love is abundant for them and for us. And so why is it important that we understand that the kingdom of God is a kingdom like no other and that, and that God is a God who is a king like no other because it clarifies who leads us out and who leads us in and informs the way that we go out and come in 
helps us to overcome our complacency, right? Because it's, it's easy to get apathetic. It's easy to just say, yeah, I'm going to bag the last 5%. I'm not going to think that much about who I'm to appoint. I'm not going to think that much about my words. I'm not going to think that much about the rights of the people. I'm going to focus on number one, but we see what happens to the people when that happens, right? It all falls apart. Apathy instead of love. Complacency instead of faithfulness. And so what should we do? Let's follow the good shepherd. Let's read. This is John 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus talking to some religious leaders within the hearing of his disciples. He says, He who has not entered the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Right. So this is that image of Good, good idea, and my other good idea. My other good idea is me trying to climb over the wall, and the Lord's like, hey, this is, this is the gate. This is the way. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them down. Then he has brought out all his own. He goes, this may sound familiar to you, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him before, because he knows their voice. So Jesus says, and truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they would have life to the full. We're looking for a man to lead the congregation who will go out, and who will come in. Jesus is that man who goes out and comes in and who leads his people. Will we follow? Will we accept this? Will we follow along? Will we be good sheep and tend to the flock? Will we choose our words carefully? Will, will, we, will we dine with others? Will we seek to, to be around those who are different than us, not just to, to feel good about ourselves, but to make the kingdom of God go forward, to demonstrate to others and to those around us who the Lord is and what he's done? Will we stick to the people? Will we stick to the kingdom of God? Will we put the needs of others before our own? And will we take time to reflect on what the Lord has done? It's really easy to, to go, 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 but the, it's really easy for that to then just become about us and become weary until we take some time to reflect on the nature and the character of God, the faithfulness of God, the truth of God, the story of God, what the Lord has done in our life. And then as we consider the cities of refuge, what does it look like to be a place of refuge? Are we people here and online, are we people that help people understand who they are and who the Lord is? Are we able to help people navigate their atonement? Are we able to help people to understand forgiveness? And when we think all is lost, when we look around and the world seems hopeless, are we people that cling to the promise of 
property and progeny that the Lord has, is, and continues to work in and through his people to bring the kingdom of God that he's promised from so long ago to fruition now and will continue to uphold it and sustain it forevermore. A few things to reflect on this week. Who are you following? So we look at, at Moses's this transfer of leadership, right? Who are you following? And are they following the Lord? Right? Why, why is Joshua chosen? Because he's been faithful. He's been there in the tent along with Moses. And who is following alongside you? Who are the people that are gathering around you? Who are, who are they following? And are you following the Lord together? We talk about this a fair bit. What needs are unique to your community and your circle of influence? As you look around, what are, what are some various needs that are happening just in, among those who you know? And how do you begin to bring change to those folks? Chapter 33 recounts Israel's journey. Maybe this week, take some time to recall yours. What has the Lord done? What is the Lord trying to do? And what might the Lord be calling you to do and to be and to know? And in light of what we see going on in the cities of refuge, how and with whom are you helping others navigate their atonement? How and with whom are you helping people understand that they've been forgiven by the Lord? How and with whom are you helping other people understand that they've been called and invited to partake in the kingdom of God? So when we hear God's voice, we remember and we remind and we rejoice. So let's remember that the kingdom of God is a kingdom like no other. Let's remind others and rejoice that this is true because God is a king who is a king like no other. That Jesus sits on the throne not as a king of empire who seeks to crush and to command, but as a shepherd with compassion and invitation for communion with him and with others. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who should lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. This is the longing of our soul. This is the undoing of our lives when we don't have this. So Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the invitation 
that we've been given. To follow the one who goes out and comes in. That we would lead others. We would help them to understand the nature and the character and the grace of God. May you go out this week knowing the forgiveness of God. His invitation to call you son and daughter. This time tomorrow, where will you be? This time tomorrow, how might the words that we've read today, what we've talked about today, what the Lord is moving within you today, how will that inform the way that you go out into the world? May we be people who bring this truth to the world around us. May we know it deep within our soul and spread it to all those we know. Have a great week. Go in peace.